This series gives you a direct line to the pinnacle traders. We're covering everything from when the odds are initially posted to looking at how the market might react. This is the opening line. Hello and welcome again to the opening line. We're back for week four and I'm delighted to say joining me again is Adam Chernoff. You good, Adam? Doing well. Finally got on the board with the big week, so looking forward to week four. Good stuff. Let's get straight into it. First up, we've got Philadelphia Eagles at the Green Bay Packers and Green Bay have been posted as a three and a half point favourite. Um, it seems like there's appetite for more from betters at that number and the over-under seems fairly stable at 47.5. And, and I know you said before the Eagles, it's a public team. They're coming up uh, coming up against a team that are playing well and looking a lot better than many people thought. So how do you think the market's going to react to this one? I think we'll see some more Packers money come in, certainly, uh, especially early on in the week. Eagles dealing with probably the worst injury situation of any team in the league. We saw the effects of that at home against the Detroit Lions where they struggled to move the football until later in the game uh, at four and a half right now. It's really a question of how high this can get before we see some appetite to buy back. The Packers, uh, not a team that I necessarily need to speak on anymore, very high on them. I had them pegged as a Super Bowl favorite uh, of my own, basically based on their defense, which I think was very underrated. But we're starting to see sort of the market react to this two and a half on the look ahead, open three and a half, as you mentioned, now up to four and a half. We'll probably see this trend for sure up to five, five and a half, I think, is a very reasonable number. Uh, it's just a question of whether or not we'll see some buyback initially at like a cheap four and a half, or if a lot of the influential money will wait until we see uh, a flat six. Uh, it take some effort to get there. But this total as well, uh, probably going to sit right around the 46 mark. Depending on the injuries, we might see it tick down a little bit, but um, not too much inside on the total at the moment. And now on to the LA Chargers at the Miami Dolphins. We've got LA at minus 16.5 and, and the total's at 44.5. Now we know anyone coming up against Miami, the number's going to be big. LA haven't been that great this season. Do you think people are going to buy into them at 16.5? Well, the Dolphins are certainly giving them all the reason to do so. Look ahead on this one was 16 and a half, open 16 and a half flat. We've seen a little bit of money come in on the Chargers so far. I would think that this probably gets to 17, which, I mean, if we want to call it a key number, we can probably make a stretch and do so with two touchdowns in the field goal. The big thing that I would probably consider if looking to back the Chargers as appealing as blindly fading Miami may be becoming is that the Chargers last year, the slowest moving offense in the NFL this year, they've stepped it up a little bit. But to cover a number this big, especially on the road, uh, you're going to have to get in quite a number of possessions and be pretty efficient moving the football and uh, with their secondary dealing with some key injuries, I think that opens up the door for Miami to potentially have a little bit of success moving the football. So if the Chargers aren't willing to play quick in a game that they're probably going to be playing from a very big positive game state uh, for much of the game, if they're not willing to move the football a little bit quicker and the Dolphins are able to just have a little bit of success moving the football, we might see 17 just be too big of a number for the Chargers to get outside of. Now we've got the Oakland Raiders at the Indianapolis Colts. Oakland have, have been one of the biggest disappointments this season and more of the same is expected against the Colts because they're favoured by seven points from the opening numbers. The over-under is listed at 44.5. We've already seen some money come in on the over, so it looks like that could go higher. 
it's a it's a tricky one for the market. So what do you make of it? Yep, sitting right on two key numbers here, seven and right around 45 as well. So any movement that we see over the next 12 to 24 hours carries quite a bit of significance just because of the numbers that it's sitting on. I would expect this side to probably linger around seven for a little while, at least through the early stage of the week. There might be some interest within the market to buy back Oakland at that number. Uh, the Colts dealing with some injuries on defense. We saw that exposed to an extent by the Falcons who played a much better game than the final score would anticipate consistently moved the ball on the Indianapolis uh, uh, T.Y. Hilton went out with an injury we'll have to monitor his status once he was gone this offense to the, took a significant step back um, so there are some question marks for Indianapolis but despite all of those question marks and we well know how the price point on the Colts has changed within the first three weeks. Uh, it really goes to show the situation in Oakland, specifically within this secondary, this defense, which is probably quite easy to rank as the worst unit in the AFC. Uh, going on the road to Indianapolis in the second of what seems like the worst road swing a team has ever had to face, at least in my history within the NFL, playing on a fast surface now. Um, Going to be awfully difficult for them to stay competitive. Uh, but this number is really indicative of the changes we've seen so far. But so from the total, I I can't see it going down. If anything, with the defenses and the injuries for the Colts, it's going to continue to go up. It's just a matter of the weapons Indianapolis will have on offense to exploit this Raiders secondary. So on to the Kansas City Chiefs, the Detroit Lions, and the Chiefs are minus six and a half on the road. And as expected, it's another high over under mark at 53 and a half. The Chiefs have looked good this season, but I think the Lions, they've, they've put up a few decent results. Do you think we're going to see the handicap or the over-under move on this one, or is it kind of about right? I think we'll see the side hit seven for sure. Um, Kansas City has exceeded my expectations, certainly, and it's difficult to say that for a team that's um, starting off undefeated through three games. But they really exceeded my expectation against the Raiders two weeks ago, a team we just sort of trashed. But... Um, the offensive performance they put on when they didn't necessarily need to uh, was very impressive. But also the defense has really stepped up in the last two weeks. Um, Detroit off back-to-back weeks where they were outgained from a yards per play perspective against their opponents. Same thing happened against Philadelphia despite getting the victory. And then you go back a week ago, get the victory at home against the Chargers. So back-to-back weeks where they're outgained and outcoached for much of the game but end up coming away with a win. Not necessarily something you can get away with facing this Kansas City Chiefs offense. So um, I think there's certainly going to be interest driving this spread up to seven, if not getting through the key number of seven and threatening seven and a half. And the over on this one, completely wide open. No weather concerns to deal with like we saw last week um, or yesterday, rather, against the Baltimore Ravens, where the conditions sort of brought that total down before that happened. It was everyone piling in on the over. That one went up three and a half points. Uh, This one's sort of exceeding the top part of the market, but I wouldn't be surprised to see this total push 55 and higher by the time we get to kickoff. So our next game sees the New England Patriots travel to the Buffalo Bills and New England are favourites at minus seven and a half, but this is the one that the traders have suggested that number might actually drop. Um, the over-under is 43 and a half, but obviously the handicap is where we're seeing most of the action at the moment. It's... It's an interesting one from a matchup and an odds analysis perspective. So do you think the traders have got it right? I think that they do. And I think a lot of that comes down to the low variance game we're likely to see between these two teams. And I think that's reflected somewhat within the total so far 
going from 44 down to 43 and a half. And that's probably going to continue to go lower. We're looking at the two best defensive units in the AFC and potentially two of the best three or four in all of football. Both of these teams extremely good in coverage. If there's a weakness on either side, it's against the ground game. But you're really stretching to find a weakness on either of these two defensive units. Um, phenomenal in coverage. They match up very well against the opposing offense. The only place that we're really going to see either of these sides have success is moving the football on the ground when you're looking at a number at seven and a half. Um, that's especially when you're looking at that number within the division and the familiarity these two teams have. Um, New England on the road laying that number. That's a big price to lay in a game where if they're going to have success moving the football, they're not going to be doing it with large efficiency like we've seen in the first three weeks where this offense may be a touch inflated to an extent just because of games against the Jets as well as the Dolphins. You look at the offensive line potentially looking at four different starters from what was projected to go into the season in week one just three weeks ago. A lot of injury concerns up front, which is never great against this Bills pass rush. Um, so certainly agree that we're going to see this number. It's not going to last at seven and a half long. If you're looking at seven and a half, that's probably a great number to have in your pocket to deal with some equity later. Uh, but from the total side, we're going to see this number come down too. I would be surprised to see it hit 42 sometime this week. And now we've got the Tennessee Titans at the Atlanta Falcons. And the, the Falcons obviously have home field advantage and they're listed as a five-point favorite. The over-under is on 46, but it seems to be that there's some uncertainty on both of the numbers with some early action on the Titans and the under. So what are your thoughts on the odds for this one? I disagree with the move in favor of the Titans. I think the Falcons getting disrespected quite a bit heading into this game. We know the history with Matt Ryan, home and away splits. Those are very drastic. He likes being indoors, specifically at home. We saw this offense really come together, most notably in the second half against the Colts, where they put together three consecutive touchdown drives of at least 70 yards or more. We're extremely efficient on third down. Play calling was a little bit predictive on first and second down, where we saw a lot of runs for a lack of success. And then third down passing when the game opened up, they had a ton of um, success moving the football. But overall, Atlanta outgained the Colts despite losing by 1.3 yards per play, which typically equates to about a seven-point victory. We see a three-point loss, uh, 1.0 yards per pass, 1.4 yards per rush, and, and won the yardage battle overall as well. So a bit of a surprising um, loss to see them go into Indianapolis, put up those numbers, and end up losing. But what I think it showed was Matt Ryan on the road finally having some success. Um, it might have been tapered a bit by the Colts' defense we just mentioned, having some injuries. But coming home to face Tennessee, you get an out-of-conference team moving into this fast surface um, in Atlanta. I think the Falcons can potentially run up the score on this one. Um, Titans dealing with a couple issues on offense we really saw come together on Thursday night against the Jags. If the Falcons can get any pressure, um, they're certainly going to have a lot of success against Mariota and this Titans offense. My one concern, Keanu Neal looks like he's going to be out for a very long time with another very bad leg injury. That really decimates the secondary, which was already struggling for depth for the Atlanta Falcons. So we'll have to monitor the injury report and see what they're going to do moving some guys over. Uh, but that potentially puts this number a little bit high for my liking, just knowing that they're going to be pretty vulnerable deep down the field. Have to weigh that out against Mariota having success. But initially, to me, this number feels low. I think we see some support for Atlanta. The total, because of what I just mentioned, um, could potentially be a bit low. But um, you just have to rely on Tennessee being able to put up some points, which 
uh, is a pretty risky proposition every week. So at 46, probably a pretty fair number. Um, but if anything's going to move, I'd probably expect it to go up towards 47. So we'll move on to the Seattle Seahawks at the Arizona Cardinals. And Seattle are currently minus four on the handicap with the over-under at 47. Now, this is another one where we've seen some early action and suggestion is that people are moving on the Seahawks in the over. So what are your thoughts on that? The over certainly makes sense to me. I think the total is very gettable for both of these teams. Arizona finally, uh, after the first two weeks, I'll sort of pray, the number one and number two corners for Arizona we know have been out. They, it wasn't a surprise that Alfred was gone for the season, Patrick Peterson suspended. They were able to disguise that very well in their first two games against Detroit and then going on the road at Baltimore, which were two reasonably um, respectable pass offenses. And so for Arizona to get through both of those games, it sort of suggested that maybe this defense in the secondary is going to be a bit better than the preseason expectations, which had them rated as the worst secondary in the NFC, considering the injuries and the suspensions. We finally saw them exposed against the Carolina Panthers, who attacked them with speed and attacked the width of the field. Now they get Seattle, who is coming off a bit of a deceiving box score against the Saints at home. They finished with 11 more first downs, 250 more overall yards. Uh, 1.5 yards per play advantage and 1.5 yards per pass. The big question here within this total, Seattle's not likely to have a ton of success moving the ball on the ground against this Arizona front seven, but they're going to be able to attack it. It's just a matter of the play calling. And if Seattle's able to throw the football and they get those calls more, they're going to have a ton of success moving the ball against Arizona. My concern with the total, the Arizona offense did not look great, but this Seattle secondary is extremely attackable. Uh, we've seen it three weeks in a row now. They're grading out as one of the bottom six secondaries in the NFL. So certainly interested in the total. I think we see this push up towards 49. As far as Seattle laying the points, just because uh, the uh, concerns for me are growing with Arizona, I think there'll be an appetite just based on what we just mentioned and the box score being a bit misleading. How bad Arizona looked, we might see a four and a half here. Uh, but that's a big number on the road to be laying within the division. So we'll probably see some buyback the other way, but I definitely agree with the total continuing to move up in this one. So now we've got the Jacksonville Jaguars at the Denver Broncos and Denver are minus three on the handicap. And I think this one, it's there's clear offensive issues for both teams and it's a very low over under at 37 and a half. Now we've spoken before and you said, you know, the market likes the whole Denver home field advantage narrative is that something that's going to come into play here? Do you think we're going to see the numbers jump around a bit? It's an interesting spot because the Jaguars are gaining a ton of positive perception within the market. They just came off a primetime game where they dominated the Titans. There's the Gardner Minshew narrative, which is growing, and people are really starting to buy into this Jaguars team. We know that there's some issues with Jalen Ramsey wanting to leave the team. There's rumors of him being traded as early as this week going into this game. Um, A.J. Bouye uh, has some injury concerns as well. So those are two key cover corners. There's really been nothing positive done by the Denver Broncos this entire season. We saw them get dominated on Monday Night Football against the Raiders, who we just spoke about how bad they were um, last week or two weeks ago. Rather, they go... Uh, into uh, their home field where they have this home field advantage and end up squandering that late to the Browns. Then they go into Green Bay yesterday, get dominated by the Packers. So we're really seeing a difference of perception. I don't think the Jags 
are nearly as good as their price point in this specific game is indicating them to be. We're almost rating these two teams equal, maybe even giving the Jags a slight bump above the Denver Broncos just based on home field being inflated, as you mentioned. Uh, I have a hard time to see anybody within the market or sort of the majority of the market supporting the Broncos in this one. So if this game is going to move up, we're probably going to see it occur early. And it's going to require some influential money to drive this number up because I think there's going to be no shortage of volume for bookmakers to deal with writing Jacksonville tickets at this price, seeing the plus money by their name. So low total, uh, low variance, both teams struggling to move the football. Don't think Minshew is nearly as good as we saw what he did on Thursday night. And even within that performance, I have some questions, but um, it's going to be a very conservative game on both sides. Two strong defenses here, low variance. I just don't see the numbers moving too much, both side and total. And now we've got the Dallas Cowboys at the New Orleans Saints. And Dallas, they opened up at three and a half. Um, I mean, we're recording not too far after the games, but that's already pretty much gone. The minus three doesn't even look that stable either. The over-under is 45 and a half. Unsurprisingly, it's the handicap that's attracting a lot of the interest from the market. So what are your thoughts on this? The Cowboys are getting to the point where we can maybe say that they're among or if not the most inflated team in the NFL. And it's an interesting spot where they go to New Orleans, who, like we mentioned, kind of got away with a bit of fraudulent win on the road at Seattle. But when they come away with a victory on the road in a difficult spot to play like that, dealing with their first game, moving to a backup quarterback off the Drew Brees injury, you have to give credit to Sean Payton and how this team was able to put together that victory, led by 20 points at one time. So if you're leading by 20 on the road in Seattle, you're certainly putting together a performance that's worthy of some attention from the market. My question, though, really, and this is sort of reflected in the move up with the total, is this secondary for New Orleans is not nearly as good as the market is paying for them to be. An interesting step, Lattimore, key corner, um, key secondary piece for the Saints, has allowed the most yards in coverage of any player within the secondary through three weeks of football. So that's an enormous issue for the Saints to deal with. But overall grading as one of the six worst covers units in the NFL, not just the NFC, in the NFL. Um, so that's very different from what we've come to know of the New Orleans Saints. So I think we're seeing this total go up just because of the success that Dallas is having on offense. Maybe a bit of a problem for them to move the football. We see, saw Seattle really struggle to move the ball on the ground against the Saints front seven. Um, if the Cowboys can't move the football, this is the first time we'll really see them forced to be one-dimensional. But they just have such a big advantage throwing the football. I would not be laying this side with the Cowboys. I think we'll see it come off of the three eventually sometime this week. But this total at 45 and a half will probably see continue to move up. Not necessarily advocating for a position on the over, but I think just the way that these two teams match up and the way this this reads from a perception of the stats sheet standpoint, we're going to see some interest on the over. But a game I'm very unlikely to be involved with side or total. As we said, we're, we're recording quite soon after the games have finished. Um, for that reason, the, the traders have kind of made the decision to to leave a few off the board for the time being. But I'm just interested to know, is there anything that jumps out from your perspective from the, the games where the odds aren't currently available? Not too much. Uh, we're talking about Carolina, Houston, Cleveland, Baltimore, Washington, New York, 
Tampa, LA, and Minnesota, Chicago. So not really any key matchups across the board. I would expect the Rams to open as a pretty significant favorite against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I'm thinking probably anywhere between 9 and 10 based on the numbers that I have, uh, which would be a pretty big price that the market's probably going to react to. I'd imagine we see a total anywhere between 50 and 51 in that one as well. So that's going to be interesting to see if those numbers come out right where I have them. Uh, The Washington Giants total. Um, just given how both of these teams played, Washington obviously playing Monday night football. Uh, I have that Monday night football game going well over the total. And Washington, I think a little bit unknown to a majority of the market, the second highest passing rate team in the NFL. So you get the Giants now with Daniel Jones and their newfound offense facing the Washington Redskins who can throw the Giants, uh, probably the second worst secondary in the NFL through three weeks of football, uh, miserable in coverage, miserable in tackling too. And so if Washington gets in a habit for the fourth week in a row of really letting the ball fly, uh, we might see them have plenty of success against this Giants secondary. And if the Giants against the Buccaneers were any indication of what we'll see moving forward, I think we'll see a lot of interest in that total going up and over. We might see that one open in the 47 to 48 range. Uh, and I wouldn't be surprised to see that go up. Carolina, Houston, uh, probably a game I'll stay away from. The Carolina pressure numbers, something I'll point out, probably a little bit inflated after last week facing that Arizona offensive line we mentioned, has some serious issues. So key uh, with Houston always in the handicap, evaluating how Deshaun Watson will react to pressure and if the opponent can generate it. I think Carolina going to be a little bit inflated from that perspective. So expecting a price on Houston, three and a half or four. Um, that might be a touch low. As for Cleveland, Baltimore, we'll probably see the Ravens inflated up a little bit. Serious concerns with Baker Mayfield, but a price I would not be willing to pay. Might be looking for anywhere between five and a half and six with Baltimore. Total might be around 47. Both of those probably pretty close. So unless something drastic happens there, um, not too much advantage. But overall, uh, this card a lot less appealing is week four than week three. Um, but there's certainly a couple spots initially grabbing my eye, but I think it was interesting what you mentioned with some interest uh, the traders are expecting on the Buffalo Bills. That's certainly uh, a game to watch this week against the Patriots. Yeah, so we've worked our way through the available odds and, and some more. Thanks for your insights on those games, Adam. I think now what we'll have to do is we'll have to wait around, wait and see what happens when we come around to, to preview the games later on in the week. So I appreciate your time as always, and thanks for coming on. Thanks, man. Chat to you Wednesday. And thanks to everyone for listening. Remember, you can see all the latest odds for week four on pinnacle.com. Good luck with any bets. And as always, please gamble responsibly. 